Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tuso. And I'm Ann Friedman. <sighs> Big sigh. I just want to ask how you're taking care of yourself today. That's the thing that I want to, it's like how I want to start. I want to like hear about the nice things you're doing for yourself. Okay. I, first of all, I will say this, having many of my closest friends ask me how I was doing today is the best part of the day. And just being reminded and like how well known and loved I am. And that has made a huge difference for me. Here's what I've done today. I finally dedicated to double cleansing my face because people with beautiful skin always tell you have to wash twice. I did that today. Wait, is that like with two different cleansers? Yes, it's like you do it with an oil one and then with like a soap one. Ladies and, and this isn't this a ruse to get you to buy more products? 100%, <laughs> but also like Japanese women look beautiful. <laughs> so gotcha. I did that. I like deep conditioned my hair. I went for a walk and I cried a lot today. I like fully sobbed. But you know what? It was like at 3 p.m. I remembered that I had had nothing to eat also. And so I ate and drank water and instantly felt better. <laughs> what is what is the hangry equivalent of like... Uh, of sad. Super sad. Yeah. Sangry? I don't know. Um, uh, what is it? Yeah, no. It's hungry, like, sad? I don't know. Hungry, sad? It was just like... It was, Sungry? <laughs> it was crazy. I'm just like alternating between like deep sadness and deeper rage also which like the rage has been good it's like once i moved on from being sad and i started getting angry i was like yes we're cycling through the grief <laughs> oh man i haven't hit rage phase yet although i just poured myself a very adult sized glass of tequila and i'm hoping that helps me get there <laughs> yeah well why are we so sad Anne? oh okay well um america had an election this week it was a presidential election that was fairly important in which a fascistic sentient Cheeto <laughs> was running against a very accomplished, motivated woman who wants to make the world a better place. And guess who won? Amina? We are never saying his name on this podcast. You can't Voldemort him, though. I, I mean, we already no, did. No. We already did. I'm like, not, not saying <laughs> his like name. It's the only thing that'll make me feel better is if I never say his name. <laughs> All right. All right. Hearing Obama today at the press conference call him like president elect Ivanka's dad. <laughs> that's when everything hit me and I couldn't handle it. I know. Like his name on Obama's lips. The worst. I, it was I was like, no way. So, yeah, the election's over. Hillary Clinton lost. I'm gutted. That's like the that's the appropriate word. Yeah. And, you know, but I'm also just like electioned out, you know, this has been going i remember when they started people started announcing that they were running you know that was almost two years ago and so we've been on this train for two years it ended just like that yesterday and some things are terrible it was really awful to see all of the 
just gains of the Republican Party because they've been suppressing votes all in like so many states. Yeah. Did you see the map of states where Voting Rights Act provisions were rolled? Oh, exactly. And, yeah. And states that um, flipped to be Republican states this year. It's like, huh, the map lines. Yeah. Up it's shocker. Closely. Shocker. Yeah. But, you know, it's like places like North Carolina. You make it hard for people of color to vote. Like, you know, and then the white turnout increases and it's really it's really crazy. But yeah, you know, like what happens when you close early polling or early early voting options and really restrict the ways that people can cast a, a vote? Like, gee, I wonder what happens. <laughs> I know, you know, but it's also I don't. I've been in a really reflective mood today, and I think that, like, for me at least, it's like two very pervasive feelings. One, it's just this: we now like quantifiably know how much America hates women. Just <laughs> it's like we have numbers behind that, and it is it's deeply troubling, and it's so sad. And two, this was the feeling that I had in the pit of my stomach the whole time that Obama was president, is that it was too good to be true and that a backlash was coming because history shows us that that's what happens. And that was it. And it was really crazy. It's like, here's a president that's probably going to go down as the president with, you know, like the best approval rating we've ever had. And his party couldn't hold on to, to that victory. That's going to be crazy. It parallels and mirrors so many things that happened during reconstruction it is so sad it's also so devastating that hillary clinton won the popular vote you know people are like well the country is deeply divided and blah 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 it's like no no she like actually won the popular vote we have this like arcane electoral college thing not even gonna argue about that right now but that's <laughs> i was like wow yeah i'm like really not go going there? there not going there but you know like it was just really heartening to know it's like no like the, she like carried the popular vote but she did not win for these like very obvious like and disturbing demographic reasons. And obviously we're going to see postmortems and the bloodletting with leftists is going to be crazy and intense. There's going to be all of this finger pointing, but at the end of the day, it's like we, some of us did a lot and that was not enough. Yeah. And I also think you're right that there are all of the analysis of exit polls and who turned out to vote and who didn't like most of that stuff is not, is not really out yet. But I think that in terms of the things that, I mean, yes, we know, for example, that 53% of white women voted for a man who was like admitted to abusing women, like on tape. Like that's a thing that happened. That's how much white women are like scared of non-white people gaining any kind of like political power in America. Setting that aside though, you know, all of those numbers that we have yet to see come out and all of that drill down that has yet to come out. I'm like, you know, a lot of the things that like we know are going on here and like undercurrents that we feel in all of this aren't going to be captured by those numbers anyway. You can pull someone on why didn't you like Hillary Clinton or like why why didn't you find so her presidential or whatever but it's not like people check a box that says yes entrenched sexism even though I'm a woman I have preconceived notions of what I expect powerful women to be or like what I expect in terms of perfection I'm going to read all that stuff when it comes out too but in a way it's like we know the sort of the tenor of the conversation around her and we know the tenor of the conversation around her opponent and like I don't know, like reading between the lines is not the right metaphor, but like, you know, like we can see what's happening. You know, we see what happened. Oh my God. Um, I want to go back to this like white woman thing because I was not surprised that what it's like right now, I think it says it's like definitely over 50% of white women voted for, for that man. And the thing about it that's crazy is that like, I'm not surprised 
but it really hurts. And also it is just, it's like, I like, I don't know where we start to change this. We've said on this podcast many times, or I have at least politically can't trust white women for shit. Like, this is basically. Well, and that's been true in many. Oh, yeah, no, it's true. I'm saying that, like, it's true in every single election. It's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, this is not, um, this is not a departure. It's like, this is like right on the money. It's like, this is exactly what happens. But I guess it's noteworthy because there has not been a departure, even when this is the sort of candidate Republicans are feeling. Totally. And this is some, you know, it just like goes to show that like how entrenched and internalized misogyny can be. This is the same conversation that we had around Brexit, right? It's like, oh my God, you hate brown people and black people and women so much that you're voting against your own interests. It's not in any woman's best interest to have this person as president, like any woman, no matter how conservative she is. Right. And yet, like, here we are. And I don't know that what that says about us as a society. But also, I'm just, I'm really tired of it. It is just really, 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 really exhausting to be, to try to trust people and to, to really believe that they want what's best for you, but also, like, wake up in a country that you realize just hates you and hates your values. Like, that is really tough. Yeah, I mean, and it should be said, too, that this is not a defense of, women who white women who didn't vote for Hillary because let's be real all the women who didn't vote for Hillary were pretty much white women (laughs) Um, (laughs) like 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 those numbers were were quite high among women of color so not a judgment against them but you know it's like it's one of those things where I am sure that that those women were not like uh, I think women are not capable of being president. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm sure like, and this is kind of what I was saying before. It's like, you know, yeah, it's like a deep internalized misogyny of like, um, oh, I just, I just hate her voice or I hate the fact that she's been around for so long or that like, or that she was first lady. And it's like, well, I'm sorry. Like, do you see any other paths to the the White House at this point? Like realistically, like do you see other peers of hers that we are not considering for this job who don't have these supposed drawbacks? I don't know. It's like, I see a lot of that in the same way that women kind of internalize the society's demands for perfection like on themselves yeah. i see that like externalized toward hillary particularly but like toward women candidates more generally and like and that's something that happens like i don't know i think that's something that happens among women who didn't end up ultimately voting for trump either you know like i think that was like a dominant emotion of the primary and like a and a conversation that i had throughout with like people who were never ever going to vote for a republican candidate no matter what yeah you know, I don't know. I think it just, I, for me at least, it just stings so much too because it was never a, this candidate is the lesser of two evils. I'm like, no, she's like fucking qualified. I <laughs> this know. candidate I know. is amazing. In what world? Like is there it, is only one evil here. <laughs> right. But also like in what world is it demerit to be a first lady? It's like she runs a foundation that helps tens of millions of people around the world. She just... I think back about for me, like all of these conversations that I had with women who at the beginning of the election were really tepid about her. Like, "Mm, I don't like her. I don't trust her emails, all of that stuff. And there's a part of me that's like, fuck you. This is your fault because none of that was true. It was just, it's so crazy to like have lived through an election that was not like rooted in truth. We chased this like email story forever. Turned out there was nothing there twice. (laughs) And the person who's going to the White House is like deep mob ties, is like actual lunatic, is unqualified. Like this is terrifying. 
like I said, I'm at the rage stage, so a lot of things are like not making sense. But you know, well, it's okay. You, the thing, the thing, I know. I mean, it hasn't quite tipped me there yet, but I can tell you exactly the thing that is going to fully tip me into the rage stage once I hit, once I hit the bottom of this glass of tequila, probably, or like you know, maybe in a few hours. We'll see. I don't know how long my personal grief cycle is related to the selection. The number of people who I know who were very, very vocal in conversations with friends and on social media about sharing news about how bad Ivanka's dad is or like the obsessive 538 refreshers. I know we've talked about that who actually didn't do anything tangible to try to influence the outcome of this election. Because I definitely notice a pattern in that is the people with the most sort of racial and gender privilege and like wealth, I would say are the people who are like, this is awful. And like continue to just post about it without like doing anything about the election. And I think that like, you know, I don't want to get into a game of like, like, could everybody do more? Like, yes. The answer like, is, <laughs> the answer is always you know, yes. Do more than yes, you are doing. The answer is always. yes. But, but I, I do think that it's, it's notable that like when I think about some of the people who, who I know who were expressing some of the most like dejected sentiments last night and who had been very, like I said, like super, super clued into the election and very, very worried about the possibility that Hillary would lose didn't actually take any steps to try to make that happen. And I think that, you know, that for me is a real lesson from from this election, which is not to say that apathy wasn't a problem in previous elections. But I'm like, you know what? Like, like, like next next time around, I know for me, like I'm gonna be a lot more vocal and being like, hey, what are you doing? Like every time I see another post that is from someone who I kind of know to be just hanging out and fretting, like, what are you doing? And I know we talked about this in previous episodes, for sure. But like, that is a thing that I do feel angry about. Because like, quite frankly, my friends with a lot to lose in this election, were the most practically active people in in, in trying yes, to tell get me about elected. it. Like, yeah, we're like, we're out here knocking on doors, we're out here putting our cell our like, our thoughts on the line and our just like our persons and we it's crazy. It's just so I am rage stage like full mode there's just <laughs> this is a feeling of there are a lot of people that like i cannot look in the eye right now and probably a, like you know we will all trace it back to the this election <laughs> i don't know but and i don't i keep coming back to the fact too that i i like i think that that's an important point to make because i also think that the amount of work that's going to have to be done in the next four years that is related to doing what's possible to make up for horrible decisions that this president and Congress are going to make. Like so many things are going to fall to nonprofits, to local services, to the sorts of places that are already struggling and underfunded and strapped for help. And, you know, and I don't know, like that's sort of my focus is like, really have a hard conversation with people who did very, very little to influence the outcome of the selection in practical terms and ask what they're going to do to uh, help like remedy the, or help, help lessen the damage, I guess. Yeah. You know, I mean, all of that is true. I think too, for me, like one thing that like really tipped me over fully into rage was just like hearing from so many white people today, like, Oh, I, I could have done more. Like the people who actually acknowledged it, and just being like, yes, that's true. But also, I don't know what you're looking at your friends of color to say. Because all you know, all we're thinking is like, welcome to our world. It's been the apocalypse forever. <laughs> and so like just realizing that like if you are a liberal person who's like shocked and stunned by this, 
it's probably because you've been living in a bubble of privilege for a long time. For a lot of people, things have been really bad for a long time and you're not paying attention. But also, I just noticed also just like a huge pattern of like disengaging from your family from back home or like the people that you know who would have voted with an outcome that we did not like. This is a conversation that we've had on this podcast before. Like people were like, what do I do about my, I don't know, insert relative who believes X, Y, Z. It's easy for them to have empathy for those people, for the people who are in their families and not for, um, for people who actually have been suffering. So if this is the wake up call that you need, I, it sucks that it is um, on the backs of like people who have suffered a lot already. But like, hopefully this will spurn a lot of people to action and to change. Like I know for a fact that I just, I'm ready to just like put my head down and work and double down on the things that I believe in because that's not going away. It's like, I hear all these people being like, I'm moving to Canada and I'm like, good riddance. I'm not fucking going anywhere. (laughs) This is where I live. And And yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Like I'm not, no one's moving. Like (laughs) listen, but like, but that's, but you know what I mean? That's like a common, like white people whine. It's like, we're going to X, Y, Z. And I'm like, fine, like go. But like, we live here. There's an election in literally two years <laughs> where your voice is needed again. And a lot of stuff has to change. But on the upside, there are like really concrete small ways that you can help. Like you asked me earlier what I was doing to take care of myself. I like wrote big checks to nonprofits and organizations that I really believe in. I'm donating to the ACLU for the first time. And uh, I feel really good about that. Going to give more money to Planned Parenthood because that matters a lot reproductive rights are my god you know like it's crazy fundamental yeah it's crazy what could happen so there's a time to be like sad and to grieve but honestly uh here's the thing like these fights aren't going away we like knew that we we've had a like the most liberal president we'll ever have and a lot of these rights were under attack so that's not a surprise just means that we have to double down and work harder it's true and I want to go back to something you said, too, about empathy for hypothetical, you know, Republican voters who maybe are in your extended family or like people like that white people know from like growing up somewhere that wasn't a liberal enclave and having having that empathy, but like not being able to fully empathize with people who have been, frankly, under full out attack in America in recent history. Yes, but like for for a really long time. And, you know, I don't know. I've been thinking about that when it's all all of the like, you know, like Paul Ryan and Obama and like all of these speeches, you know, in the wake of the results are all like, oh, the divided America. And it's like, I get really sick about that because it's like, okay, the divide. I mean, yeah, there is sort of a political gulf between family members who have different worldviews, right? Or who are like maybe like openly racist versus sort of just like the kind of racist we all are. Like that that is a divide that exists. Like the sort of classic two Americas divide. But there's also just this divide of like, yeah, so even though we we are both voting for the same candidate, even though we both want to see Hillary Clinton win, the total gulf between understanding of the stakes and lived experience is like a just as noteworthy divide that like is not I don't know is usually not talked about in that same kind of like divided America shorthand but is so so real so apologies if that's redundant to what you just said but I just I don't know that turn of phrase like now means something very different to me no it's true well you know all's not lost there was some there was still some like very good news and some signs of progress in the night and so maybe we can spend some time talking about that because that makes me feel a lot better (laughs) 
Um, definitely. So the, the overall number of women in Congress is going to stay the same as of January, but women of color had a really good night in yeah, Congress. Yeah, quadrupled um, our presence in the Senate, which is really yeah. exciting. How? Yes. Like, and also, can we talk about the Senate is like a pool from which we pick future presidential candidates. So very, very important. Hell yeah. So let's see who had a good night in, uh, in the Senate. Kamala Harris, favorite and friend of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Are we preemptively friend of the podcasting? <laughs> no, we're like, no, Kamala Harris is friend of the podcast. Hello. <laughs> okay. um, Interview list 2K17. Hello. Totally. Yeah. Like that was really good. She was a California attorney general and she won her race, which was exciting. Tammy Duckworth kicked some serious butt. Oh like, my God. Uh, so much butt. Love, uh, love Tammy Duckworth. So, so, so hard. Uh, Catherine um, Cortez Ka- Masto uh, from Nevada also. like First Latina senator ever. I know. Beat the heck out of Joe Heck. Hello. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so exciting. Um, and there's also like Oregon has the um, the first openly LGBT governor in U.S. history. Good job, Oregon. What else? Oh, Minnesota has the nation's first Somali-American lawmaker who happens to be a woman. Hey. I know. Very exciting. California really did its part. Legalized weed. Sending a woman to the Senate. Delivered 55 electoral college votes. Thank you, California. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Some states Um, pull their weight. Some states do not. But you know what? It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't know. I mean, like in in some ways, I I'm celebrating the victories for these women as pipeline victories because with both houses of Congress having a Republican majority, and we all know what's happening in the Orange House, as I'm going to call it from now on. <laughs> <laughs> so make um, me laugh on this day. Literally, only two things have made me laugh today, and that is one of them. Thank you. You know what? I made a fart joke to someone earlier, and she was like, "I can't believe I'm laughing so hard at this." And I was like, "You know what? You you really have to go back." to the basics of humor on a day like this like zero zero ground level anyway so 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 yeah so it's a tough environment for these women i don't really know like how much amazing legislation they're going to be able to pass however it's like remember their names support their campaigns think about them when someone's like oh but there's no one left after hillary and elizabeth warren like these are women to watch that's right ah it's gonna be so good I just got depressed all over again when you said something and then I don't even remember what it was. So that's fine. Oh, well, about how they're not going to be able to pass any legislation. Uh, no, even more, even more depressed than that. But I don't remember. It like just like hit me in the gut and then it like went away. It's crazy. But I've been having that all day. It's like I saw a picture of RBG and I was like, shit, the Supreme Court. I hadn't even thought Oh, my that. God. I know. So, yeah, no, it's like everything. And then I saw pictures of Zell Richards and I was like, shit, reproductive rights. What are we going to do about that? And it really, it comes in waves, doesn't it? Yeah, it just like comes in waves. It's like the, the devastation is just, a, you know, like it's a lot. Oh, here's what hit me is when you said that the Senate and the House are controlled by Republicans. I'm like, yes, the Orange House, the Senate and the House. It's that hasn't happened since right before the Great Depression. Ugh. Yeah, the shocking coincidence. And also right, right before, before the Great Recession. <laughs> yeah. It's like these things, like this is not a good pattern. Yeah. Oh, um, boy. So this maybe is... we should talk about like, okay, so you, you, you said that you are donating to the ACLU. Like how, how we are like thinking about what is our action plan for, for the Orange House years? <laughs> Listen, our action plan is that 
if you're a person who's looking in the mirror and says, I could have done more, instead of trying to make people feel sorry for you, yes, you could have absolutely done more. We can always do more. Focus on the things that matter to you. If you care about reproductive rights, research that. Give money towards that. If you care about civil (laughs) civil liberties, research money and give to that. Uh, We're really lucky that a couple of websites actually today made some great lists. If you go to Jezebel or Racked, where I work now, there are great ways. Hey, hey. I'm just, I'm just, I like, I'm trying to find things to celebrate today. I know, you know? Like, I new know. job is a good thing to celebrate. Totally, like, yeah, Racked is like a great shopping website. And today, instead of telling you where to spend your money buying shoes and clothes, it's like, here's where to spend your money t- towards things that like really matter and make a difference. If you're feeling really gutted, like some of us. So there's some great organizations on here, like the Council on uh, American Islamic Relations, CARE. They're awesome. The Cleveland Refugee Bike Project, the Center for Reproductive Rights, Earth Justice, Emily's List. And really look at things that are local to you because a lot of those local nonprofits or in like local chapters of organizations are really going to suffer when the money starts drying up nationally. Totally. And I I sort of have like a process suggestion for this because I was thinking about the things that recently, you know, like in the past year of my life, but like more generally have made me move from like, oh, I'm angry about this and I'm texting someone about it to I am actively doing a thing to change it. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like a common denominator really is like a friend or the idea that I've made a commitment with someone who shares my values and we together are like, we're going to go to that action or we are going to like do a little like DIY thing to try to raise money for this or we're both going to give independently every day for a year uh, or, or every month for a year. I mean... Right now, everyone wants to be like in community with the people who are also hurting in the wake of this election. And it's like, okay, what happens when you put all these people in a room and like everyone starts spiraling about how terrible everything is going to be for the next four years? It's like, I would say get concrete. If you're worried about reproductive rights, if you're worried about civil liberties, decide something that you are like all worried about and then just say like, how can we collectively do a thing like trust it is not that hard to google and be like what are the (laughs) reputable organizations who work on this issue that all of us have decided in this room is important and what how can our skills slash money slash time be used to like advance this thing we care about and like and then how can we commit to it can we commit to it like for the first can we commit to it for 2017 can we commit to do it for four years like it's like i don't know i think that like i have found so much community in taking action on stuff I care about that like that feels like a real need people have community and it's like marrying it with action. Yeah. It's like like mm. finding community and that, you know, the community is what's going to build the accountability. It's you need accountability to do these things every single day and to just watch them change. Also like every single penny matters. Like if you're sitting there and you're saying like, I can't afford this, like total respect, but a dollar is a dollar. This is still America. If you have a dollar to give that dollar matters. Yeah, I think that there's the thing too where, I mean, people work on staff at these organizations, especially at the state and local branches. And if you were like, hey, I'm here, I have no money, but I really care about this issue. I mean, there are lobbying days at the state level that are really important. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe that, listen to my phone a friend with Katie Blair, a state level maven. You know, I mean, there's definitely stuff that you can do that is about your time. And you can have people who are experts in the issues you care about be like, actually, this is a great way to show up like physically and to like not make it a financial donation. Totally. And showing up is so, so, so important. 
you know, I'm kind of excited about this. There is something really about just like head down work <laughs> that women are really good at, unfortunately. It's funny too. It's like all day, like as I alternate between like sadness and rage, I'm like, oh man, this is how Republicans felt for eight years. No wonder they're so angry, you know? <laughs> I was up. like, there's like the tiniest part of me that's like, you know what? Like, we're going to survive this. It's not going to be good, but we're going to survive it and we're going to have our heads on our shoulders. There will be hard days and there will be hilarious days. There might be fart jokes. Yeah, there's probably going to be fart jokes, but you know what? Like <laughs> if if our sin is like working hard to do good for our neighbors and our family and our friends, then my god, you know, that lock all of us up. It's true, and it's also rage is so productive and important. <laughs> like I just like I really want I want Yeah, that's like, like literally like how women have gotten everything done in this country. <laughs> everything is like rage based. It is the fuel in the tank. So, I am yeah, yeah like we're like, burn it down, it. build it back up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Emotional arson. <laughs> I know. HRC's speech today, though. Oh my Her god, that is okay. Speech. So I never use this word because it just like I feel like usually like idiot like people use it all the time. But it was very classy. She just has so much grace, Anne. I really i i got I got like choked up a lot and very upset throughout the night. But like it was really the dam broke when I was watching her speak. That is like really when I lost it. I really lost it. I can't believe and her. My concession speech would be like flipping a table and go, you get what you get, America. <laughs> just like, get on a plane to the Bahamas with all of my stolen money. Uh, like, enjoy the abyss. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, boy, bye. Like, you guys um, deserve this. I like couldn't believe her. The speech was, we didn't deserve her. We just like did not deserve her. It was too much. It was, there was no bitterness. It was oh. so inspiring. Just talking about all of the virtues of public service and fighting for what you believe in and inspiring young girls everywhere. I was in, like, it was sobbing. Here is what made me cry. It's like, I, I have realized something about myself in terms of movies. And, and if I'm not on an airplane, because if you're on an airplane, you're crying at everything. Yeah, it doesn't scientific it's like a control facts. group. Scientific it's science. Facts. Yeah. But if I'm not in an airplane and I'm crying at a movie, it is always because it's a scene of women triumphing. Like I cry, Aww. like not at like death scenes and like not at love scenes. I cry when like a 
woman character who has been like some kind of underdog is like like you know, hits a what baseball and wins <laughs> oh my god like it uh, doesn't matter like yeah like sports movie like oh my god there's a there's a scene in true grit where she fords oh, the river my, on a horse yeah. like the young girl does and oh i just like god. sobbed anyway so when i started crying today at her speech i realized that like it was that kind of cry it's like you know which is such a an amazing thing to be like i'm crying my women triumphing cry at her concession speech i know that was really hard to watch also in the context of so many things that we've talked about you know like somebody who is so deserving has put in the as kanye says the ten thousand hours (laughs) just like has been putting in the work has she's just like given her whole life to public service and to see and to see her not get it that was really you know that's just a feeling that i think as women we understand a lot and that, yeah, was, like you, that was really that was really hard to watch at that level. I think that we've all had, you know, in our own small ways, like those heartaches. But to just like watch it on that scale and to just how invested we were, that was really tough to stomach. I know. And and also just like, I mean, even though we know better at this age and Hillary definitely knows better that there is no like inherent fairness like you know just because you're the best candidate doesn't mean you win just because mm-hmm. you work hardest doesn't mean you win just because you are like you know the most qualified and the hardest working and i don't know all this stuff like doesn't mean things turn out the way that they should is like it's just it never gets easier to be reminded of that i know i can tell you exactly the point in her speech where i lost it is when she said please she was like when she said you will have successes and setbacks too that's when <gasps> that's when the dam broke I was on like cry three by then. <laughs> it hadn't hit me how personal it was, you know, and just I, you know, anybody who listens to this podcast knows like I like I've been in love with Hillary Clinton my whole life as a public figure and a feminist icon. And it was that was really hard. But you know what? She did a lot for us. She did a lot yeah. for us. And we're so much further than we thought we would be. And my God, it's it's going to work out. Yeah, totally. And I don't know, I'm, I I have to believe that like, for those of us who are very, very inspired by her work. Yeah, who got choked up at that setbacks line, because we all know, like, how many times has she bounced back? Like, like, countless, countless times. Although I would love to see like a Hillary bounce back meter, like how many times? Oh my God, like (laughs) one million undefeated. (laughs) I know. For those of us who are like, who see that and respect that, I think that like, I mean, I don't know. It's not a win because let's be real. It's a loss. It's not a win, (laughs) but like, like there is something about that that has staying power and that like will stay with women who are invested in her campaign and will stay with everyone who like went with one of her parents to vote and will stay with everyone who put on a pantsuit. Are you kidding? Like the first president of the United States, she watched that concession speech today and she like got back to work, you know? And that to me, like that made me feel better. Ah, it's going to be... It's going to be fine. Can I tell you one thing, though, that has been, like, really helpful today for me? Yes. Besides, just, like, shopping my heart out and eating my heart out, is I've been listening to on YouTube to all of these, like, Fannie Lou Hammer speeches. Oh. And her testimony. It's a damn shame they don't teach Fannie Lou Hammer in schools. <laughs> because. I mean, the system is rigged. The system. Oh, my God. Things I agree with. The system is rigged. <laughs> remember that time you tried to tell me that it wasn't (laughs) listen and i was a fool i was a fool the system is rigged dj Khaled was right all along they don't want you to win 
They don't want you to be president. <laughs> they don't want you to find out about Fannie Lou Hamer. <laughs> yeah, they don't want you to find out about Fannie Lou Hamer. Read up everything that you can on Fannie Lou Hamer because she is such a G and I have always loved her. And just today, listening to her voice, even though it was so painful, was such a bomb. And you young people are going to have to help make this change because we can't continue on the same way, expanding the war in Vietnam. Killing the people over there and people being shot down in the streets throughout this country sometimes in the name of law and order. I've been to jail and I've been beaten in jail till my body was hard as metal. And I've been charged with disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. And there's a lot of other young people throughout this country that has been beaten down. But I want you to know something in this audience today. A house divided against itself cannot stand. A nation divided against itself is on its way out. We are going to have to stand up and make demands Yeah, and read up about Shirley Chisholm and read up about all these other women who are like, who survived. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, Yeah, no. Best Fannie Lou Hamer line today is like when she's like, until I am free, you are not free either. And I thought about that a lot when I thought about like my white friends. I was like, listen, we are all in this together, but you've got to pull your part. You got to do your part. We're going to get there. My the only silver lining for me though, let me tell you, my outfit yesterday was flames. Oh my god, I saw it. I saw it everywhere and flames. like okay. Can we pause button? It was not just your outfit. It was like you did that like le- like kind of plum lip that was oh, so yeah. good. No, I look good yesterday. Oh I like, so good. That's the thing also, like, you know, on a personal note, if we're just gonna talk about this, it's really painful to lose when you look that good. It's tough. I mean, I looked like shit yesterday. It was painful <laughs> to lose. So I don't really know if I buy I this I saw your bob. You were like wearing a bob and a turtleneck. You look cute. No, girl, that was archival footage. Uh, I was wearing like a t-shirt. I was wearing like a stained t-shirt and jeans. And like, it was like everything I could do to keep it together because I was like worried and busy and working and whatever. Like, no, no. That was archival bob footage where my swoop happened to mirror Hillary's swoop. Oh, my, I thought it was like taken yesterday. No, it was so good. I it's mean, like, like I... I, uh, cause I also, so like I said, I started working at Racked. We talked about this. We like, uh, I shot my first. <laughs> I'm gonna video. start playing the promo jingle. <laughs> I know. It's like, uh, self promo. But listen, like, I'm gonna get vulnerable. It's like, yeah. So I'm like on staff to make all these videos. Like, video is really scary. And so it was my first day just like shooting all this stuff. It was so good, P.S. It was really so good. Thank you. By the end of the day, I felt better. But like in the beginning of the day, I was like, I'm gonna throw up on all these people. Like, they just don't know what's going on. But I will tell you, it's true what they say about power dressing. It's like running all around Manhattan and Brooklyn and people are honking and like, you look good, girl. What's going on, girl? I was like, yeah. No lie. No lie. I was like, no lie. I feel great. Like, this is this is awesome. Always dress. Always dress for success. Even when you feel like shit on the inside, it's a little bit better. Are you trying to say because I dressed outside like I felt on the inside, I have somehow like had a negative hand? In no, I'm not election. saying that you have a negative hand. I'm just, no, I would never <laughs> say that. I'm just saying that like dress for the part you want. It's true. 
you know, also the other silver lining of all of this is just like hearing from all of the women in, you know, like in our lives who are just oh, so true, as dedicated and invested as we are in just being free. And that was really awesome. The women on my, uh, what I like to call my personal board of directors, <laughs> one of them emailed this morning. She was like, well, you know, like everything has got to shit, but guess what? We are still going to get paid. And it was like this exhortation about like knowing your value and knowing your worth and just like fighting as hell so that like all women get paid. And I was like, yeah, because now I got ACLU bills coming in. So <laughs> <laughs> now I've committed to a monthly donation. Yeah. Happened. <laughs> now I have, like, you know, it's like all of my little liberty and equality children got to, you know, got to feed everyone. But I like I love that. I love that. Like that was her thought this morning. And she was like, hi, like. Um, hello like women freelancers like how are we gonna get paid this week and I just like I love that I was like yes like our lady web is strong it's true and like every I don't know I think that like relying on your personal lady web and like that flood of text messages and the phone calls and that is also a nice silver lining like that reflection of the people who care about you and want to support you no matter what kind of despotic regime has just been elected (sighs) we're sad we're angry but like we're not gonna st- we're not gonna stop. So that's the only good thing for me that's gonna come out of this. That's the headline: sad, angry, not gonna stop. Not gonna <laughs> stop. You know, it's just like if this means like a rededication to being braver and speaking out more, and just going out on a limb and being there for your friends and your neighbors, then hell yeah, like I'm there. Yeah, for and doing stuff that aligns doing stuff that aligns with your beliefs, but like probably makes you a little uncomfortable or like maybe feels like. Uh, is this too far like i think that this is like the moment for stuff like that right it's just like it's just like find like find that tiniest bit of courage that you have inside of you because everybody like so many people feel that way you know it's like i look at that um pantsuit nation facebook group that has been so amazing in the last two weeks the thing about it to me that's the most shocking i think when i joined that group there were like ten thousand people in it Mm -hmm. and then it was like like last night it was like over two million totally it's and, huge. And a lot of people just express this belief of, you know, like it was a closed Facebook group so that like people don't get trolled and there can be like a safe space to talk about these issues. And I was like, wow, like all of these people thought they were alone. And lo and behold, there are two million of you just in this Facebook group alone. Look at what happens when you don't speak out and find out who your people are, you know? Yeah, it's true. And I don't know the whole backstory behind that Facebook group, but I do know that like in terms of my own life and my own career and like my own like friends and family, there has never been like a real long-term negative consequence to saying what I feel and what I believe in. Like truthfully, like there really hasn't. (sighs) God. (laughs) America, get it together. Oh yes. America, get it together. But also I am overcome with love for you and for like the, the other power women in my life. And the men who support us, some of them. <laughs> you always protecting the men. <laughs> Listen, I am grateful for them. I mean, like, you know, it's a different tier, but like. <laughs> I know one yeah. man that I like has been really core to my life yesterday, like texted me to tell me I didn't real. It was like, I just didn't realize how much this country hated women. And now I see it. And I just, you know, like obviously like a very sad sentiment 
But being like, oh my God, like one more eye, like one more set of eyes is open. Like that meant a lot to me. I also think that this is really formative. You know, I thought, I thought a lot about how the first election I voted in was 2000 and the formative experience of just being like, not only does it not always go your way sometimes, but like there are extreme consequences for not getting involved and like yeah. and election elections have consequences, period. And like, I don't know, it was like a very, it was sort of a demoralizing way to start my career as a voting citizen. But when I look back on it, I'm like, you know, like that, that played a role along with a lot of other things in my life in making me care about this stuff. And so I don't know, there is a little part of me that's like for people who are experiencing their first election or maybe can't even vote yet. I'm like, I hope that this is this like creates a whole generation of people who are like, no, like this is very important. I'm going to work on this. Every election matters, you know? Totally. And I'm going to open my eyes and listen to the people around me and pay attention, you know, just like pay attention to like voices that are not always in the mainstream, like what they're saying and what their pain is. And it's obviously going to suck. It's going to be like four really hard years, but we're all in this together, you know, and oh my God. we do awesome things together. So I am uh, looking forward to that part. Yes. Okay. Uh, I feel like that is the point at which we sign off. That, I'm like, that I is, can't. That is. I can't. It's like, can't you know, be <laughs> can't be, it's only going to be topped by like when we chain ourselves to like a gate of a Planned Parenthood. You know, this is where the <laughs> podcast is headed, right? <laughs> I mean, listen, we got, we have, we now have portable recording devices. So like, I love the idea of us broadcasting live chained to parent Planned Parenthoods on separate yeah, coasts. Being like, nobody touches Cecile and nobody touches our uteruses. <laughs> I'd be like, shh, can you stop? I'm trying to record a podcast here. Like, <laughs> while I'm chained to a defense. I'm telling you, this is, this is, this is where color girlfriend activism is headed that's our about to get so real yeah that's our episode of whatever that netflix show is where they're in prison or orange no, is the new is, black <laughs> orange is the new black is a very loaded show name right now like i yeah. can't really handle can't it handle. Um, can't handle god i wish baron could come on and tell us what he thinks oh, okay i'm doing the sign off i can't even with that you can Don't. find us many places <laughs> on the internet on our website callyourgirlfriend.com download it anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast or on itunes where we would love it if you left us a review you can tweet at us at callyrgf or email us callyrgf at gmail.com you can also find us on facebook uh just look it up yourself don't leave us messages there nobody reads those or never never literally never just don't do it or on instagram at callyrgf where we're having a ton of fun you can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943 that's 714-681-cygf this podcast is produced by gina delvac gina delvac ow oh, ow i'm gonna go wash my face mask off now i've had a face mask on this whole time See you on the internet, boo-boo. And in the streets. <laughs> see you on the gates of Planned Parenthood. See you, see you chained to the gates of Planned Parenthood. <laughs>